Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Friday, December 8th. Happy Hanukkah. It's the start of Hanukkah, anyway. Also known as the Feast of Dedication and the Festival of Lights. Which, as Adam Sandler tells us, instead of one day of presents, they get eight crazy nights. But Hanukkah is not Jewish Christmas. It commemorates the rededication of the Second Temple in Jerusalem. Here's how it all went down. Remember Antiochus Epiphanes, that really rotten Seleucid king who outlawed Judaism and ordered Jews to worship Greek gods? Remember him? Well, about 168 BC, his army rolled into Jerusalem and massacred everybody. Then he put an altar to Zeus in the Second Temple and sacrificed pigs on it, what they call the Abomination of Desolation. And this did not sit well with the priest Mattathias and his five sons, who were all like, live free or die, and threw a full-on rebellion against Antiochus. When Mattathias died shortly thereafter, his son Judah Maccabee took over. And it took him two years, but he managed to drive the Syrians out of Jerusalem, which is why they call this the Maccabean Revolt. So they got their temple back, but pigs had been slaughtered in it. So to cleanse it, they lit a menorah, which was this oil lamp thing with seven lampstands. Judah said, if we can keep this thing going for eight days straight, the temple will be purified. But Judah, said all the Jews, we only got enough oil for one day. That'd take a miracle. Judah said, well, get to praying then. And they did. And the flames burned for eight days on one day's worth of oil. They got their miracle. Afterwards, they made the Feast of Dedication a regular thing. That's what they were celebrating in John 10, and Jesus himself referred to it in Matthew and Mark when prophesying about the end times. You know what ain't mentioned in the Bible? Christmas or Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Our reading for today is Hosea 10, 1 through 14, 9, Jude 1, 1 through 25, Psalm 127, 1 through 5, and Proverbs 29, 15 through 17. So if y'all are ready, well, I guess technically Christmas is in the Bible. The first one, anyway. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 7th, in the Old Testament, we read Hosea 6, 1 through 9, 17. And Hosea starts out by telling Israel to repent, and then says, After two days will he revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Well, that's interesting. Who does that sound like? This was probably what Paul was referring to in 1 Corinthians 15.4 when he said, Christ rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Well, this is probably the scriptures he was talking about. And this is the only place in the Old Testament where his resurrection on the third day seems to be hinted at. But mostly this chapter is Hosea scolding the Jews and praising God for his upcoming salvation. He compares God to the former and latter reign in the sense that he guarantees good crops and blessings, in other words. And about the Jews, he says stuff like, Your goodness is as a morning cloud, and as the early dew it goeth away. Which is a really pretty insult. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd laugh at that. No. <laughs> he says, God sent prophets, but y'all killed them, literally and figuratively. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. But y'all can't act right. And the priests are like robbers that lay in wait to ambush you, implying that they're not just misinformed, but that they know they're doing evil, which sheds a little more light on that situation. And in chapter 7, it starts out by saying God would have healed the whole nation if they'd have just made an effort to keep from iniquity. But y'all don't even consider in your hearts that I see everything y'all do. It don't even occur to y'all to be concerned about the Lord. 
Verse 4, he compares the Jews to both an oven and to the bread. And the idea in my mind being, the bread is leavened with sin, and the oven brings that sin to the most fullness you're going to get out of it. Again, that's fantastic poetry. And verse 8, Ephraim, he hath mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Meaning he got all involved with the idolatry of foreigners, and now he's like a cake not turned, burnt to a crisp on one side and raw on the other, totally unfit to eat. And what he's trying to illustrate is an inconsistent character, one foot in God's camp and one foot in Baal. And I wish I could write that good. Then he compares Ephraim to a silly dove without heart. And a dove is a bird that's easily snared, is the idea. A dove is a prey animal. And he keeps on with that theme in chapter 8. He says, so sound the alarm, because I'm bringing an eagle against y'all idiot doves. Eagles and hawks, they eat doves, in case you didn't know. I mean, everything eats doves. In verse 2, Israel shall cry unto me, my God, we know thee. And the sentiment here is the same as in the New Testament when Matthew says in 729, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. And the Jews don't understand why they're getting punished. They're saying, didn't we do all them sacrifices you wanted? But God's been trying to tell them he'd rather have relationship than sacrifice. He says in verse 3, Israel has cast off the thing that is good, in favor of religion, apparently. Verse 7 says, they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. So y'all going to get what y'all asked for, in other words. Then in chapter 9, he's still talking about Ephraim specifically, and how they're going to be scattered into Egypt and Assyria. As for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away like a bird. Though they bring up their children, yet will I bereave them. Ephraim shall bring forth his children to the murderer. And it just kind of goes on like that. So in chapter 8, verse 7, in the Young's Literal Translation, For the wind they sow, and a hurricane they reap. So this unrepentant people, according to Haley's Bible handbook, they were returned to Egypt like bondage in Assyria. And even after the captivity, many Jews settled in Egypt. Haley's says this is the beginning of the Jews wandering without a homeland. Judah wouldn't last much longer in the land either. Now, God literally gave these unrepentant Jews a picture show in the life of Hosea. Whenever they saw him coming, here comes salvation. Complete. God scatters. No mercy. Not my people. I mean, repeatedly. His unfaithful wife, his children, which may not be his children, because he loves an unfaithful woman. He had to buy her back when she left him. He put her away for a while before full restoration could come. A picture that played out before the people daily. And in the New Testament, we read 3 John 1, 1 1-15. And this one was probably written about the same time as 2 John, somewhere between 80 and 90 A.D., which is really hard to say. (laughs) And it was written to Gaius, who was one of Paul's traveling buddies, if you'll remember. And he was the bishop of Ephesus. And he starts out in his greeting by saying how proud he is of him that he walks in faith. And in verse 7, he's talking about the church at Ephesus. He says, for his name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles, which either means they took no pay or donations when preaching the gospel, or that they came out of the Gentile world into Christ and left everything behind. The commentaries disagree about it, but both of them are probably accurate. Then he warns about somebody named Diotrephes, who was apparently high-ranking in the church, but one of those kind of preachers who's more concerned with building a kingdom than preaching the gospel. He says, if I come there, me and him's having it out. Matter of fact, don't even follow him. Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. Like Demetrius, he hath the good report of all men. 
Then he closes by again saying that I have a lot more to say, but I'd rather not put it in writing. So evidently, somebody's reading John's mail, which I'm sure they are. Rome and the Jews were probably spying on the church as hard as they could. And y'all may have noticed, if you're reading the King James Version, that this book has 14 verses. But the schedule we follow says to read to verse 15. Well, nothing got left out. Some translations split the last verse into two, where it says, Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee, greet thee friends by name. But the King James doesn't. It just has those last two verses as all one. And John says, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Here John demonstrates that it is okay to have temporal and spiritual blessings. John acknowledged that Gaius' soul was prospering because of the good reports, the reputation Gaius had as one that walks in the truth. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 126, 1 through 6. That's a song of degrees. And this was obviously written after the captivity, or it's either really specifically prophetic. But it was probably written by Haggai and Zechariah, or maybe by Ezra. But the big idea is, when the Lord brought them out of captivity, then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Young's literal translation for uh, verses 5 and 6, Those sowing in tears with singing do reap. Whoso goeth on and weepeth, bearing the basket of seeds, surely cometh in with singing, bearing his sheaves. The faithful ones sow good seeds in tears of affliction, but continue to carry their bag of seed with them to sow. They are always ready to plant something good, and one day they will be able to gather the produce in peace. It will seem like a happy dream, too good to be true when the captivity is over. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 29, 12 through 14. And 12 says, If a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. Working for a bad leader will drag you down with him. And I worked in mental health and social work for a long time, and that's a field that attracts bad people, petty tyrants and busybodies. And I did a few things I'm not proud of while I was there. Nothing illegal, but it's just how the field operates. But I also got the chance to stand up to a few of the tyrants, too, a couple times. And I just want to say, if we listen to lies, we encourage corruption of ourselves and others. And verse 13, the poor and deceitful man meet together. The Lord lighteneth both their eyes. And this is weird language, and it's apparently hard to translate. The Septuagint says the usurer and the debtor. And the Vulgate says the poor and the creditor. Coverdale says the poor and the lender. Basically, the poor and the rich, the poor and the oppressors. But the idea is, they are both meat. They're both the same before the Lord. And each one's light in their eyes comes from the Lord. We all stand equal before God. Amen. So, the poor, honest man meets a rich liar. But the grace of God is available to both. They have this potential in common. And then verse 14 says, And the king that faithfully judgeth the poor, his throne shall be established forever. And there's only one faithful king whose kingdom shall be established forever. But that doesn't change the principle here. We don't value folks by what they can do for us. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 8th is Hosea 10.1 through 14.9. Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he hath increased the altars. According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. 
For now they shall say, We have no king, because we feared not the Lord. What then should a king do to us? They have spoken words, swearing falsely in making a covenant. Thus judgment springeth up as hemlock in the furrows of the field. The inhabitants of Samaria shall fear because of the calves of Bethaven, for the people thereof shall mourn over it, and the priests thereof that rejoiced on it, for the glory thereof, because it is departed from it. It shall be also carried unto Assyria for a present unto King Jerob. Ephraim shall receive shame, and Israel shall be ashamed of his own counsel. As for Samaria, her king is cut off as the foam upon the water. The high places also of Avon, the sin of Israel shall be destroyed. The thorn and the thistle shall come up on their altars. And they shall say to the mountains, Cover us, and to the hills fall on us. O Israel, thou hast sinned from the days of Gibeah. There they stood. The battle in Gibeah against the children of iniquity did not overtake them. It is in my desire that I should chastise them, and the people shall be gathered against them when they shall bind themselves in their two furrows. And Ephraim is as an heifer that is taught, and loveth to tread out the corn. But I passed over upon her fair neck. I will make Ephraim to ride. Judah shall plow, and Jacob shall break his clods. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Ye have plowed wickedness. Ye have reaped iniquity. Ye have eaten of the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in thy way, in the multitude of thy mighty men. Therefore shall a tumult arise among thy people, and all thy fortresses shall be spoiled, as Shalman spoiled Beth Arbel in the day of battle. The mother was dashed in pieces upon her children. So shall Bethel do unto you because of your great wickedness. In a morning shall the king of Israel utterly be cut off. Chapter 11 When Israel was a child, then I loved him, and called my son out of Egypt. As they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense to graven images. I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms. But they knew not that I healed them. I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love. And I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. And I laid meat unto them. He shall not return into the land of Egypt. But the Assyrian shall be his king, because they refuse to return. And the sword shall abide on his cities and shall consume his branches and devour them, because of their own counsels. And my people are bent to backsliding from me. Though they called them to the Most High, none at all would exalt him. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zeboim? Mine heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. They shall walk after the Lord. He shall roar like a lion. When he shall roar, then the children shall tremble from the west. They shall tremble as a bird out of Egypt, and as a dove out of the land of Assyria. And I will place them in their houses, saith the Lord. Ephraim compass me about with lies, and the house of Israel with deceit. But Judah yet ruleth with God, and is faithful with the saints. Chapter 12 Ephraim feedeth on wind, and followeth after the east wind. He daily increaseth lies and desolation. And they do make a covenant with the Assyrians. And oil is carried into Egypt. The Lord hath also a controversy with Judah, and will punish Jacob according to his ways. According to his doings will he recompense him. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Yea, he had power over the angel, and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. 
even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial. Therefore turn thou to thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. He is a merchant, the balances of deceit are in his hand. He loveth to oppress. And Ephraim said, Yet I am become rich, I have found me out substance. In all my labors they shall find none iniquity in me that were sin. And I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles, as in the days of the solemn feast. I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions, and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal. Yea, their altars are as heaps in the furrows of the fields. And Jacob fled into the country of Syria. And Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he kept sheep. And by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly. Therefore shall he leave his blood upon him, and his reproach shall his Lord return unto him. Chapter 13 When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more, and have made them molten images of their silver, and idols according to their own understanding. All of it the work of the craftsmen. They say of them, Let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud, and as the early dew that passeth away, as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pastures, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore will I be unto them as a lion. As a leopard by the way will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps, and will rend the call of their heart. And there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I will be thy king. Where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities? And thy judges of whom thou saidst, Give me a king and princes. I gave thee a king in mine anger, and took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up, his sin is hid. The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come. The wind of the Lord shall come up from the wilderness, and his spring shall become dry, and his fountain shall be dried up. He shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels. Samaria shall become desolate, for she hath rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword, their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women with child shall be ripped up. Chapter 14 O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity, and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, Ye are our gods. For in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree, and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn, and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. 
Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. Our reading in the New Testament for December 8th is Jude 1, 1 through 25. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These are murderers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and in their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Our reading in Psalms for December 8th is Psalm 127, 1-5. A Song of Degrees for Solomon 
Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And our reading in Proverbs for December 8th is Proverbs 29, 15-17. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increaseth, but the righteous shall see their fall. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. And that's got it for the eighth. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Matthew 5, 7, which says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on not having a vengeful heart, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, many times your word tells us we get what we ask for, that as we sow, so shall we reap, and the bread we cast upon the water will return sevenfold. So if we demonstrate the mercy of Christ, then we will receive mercy. The world, however, would have us believe that blessed are the vengeful because they get respect. But what is the respect of the world worth if it puts us at enmity with you? If we are to be ridiculed, please let it be for our love for the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, Just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And this one was probably written about the same time as 2 John, between AD 80 and 90. (laughs) AD 80. (laughs) I'm going to say that differently. (laughs) Say it again. Between AD 80 and 90. (laughs) What a doofus. Okay, hold on. Let's just start this whole thing over.